0: That's marketplace.walmart.com slash savings. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations, a podcast by Practical E-Commerce. What's going on, internet? Eric Benholz here, back again with another amazing E-Commerce Conversations. I've got Kate Connect sent across from me, and uh, she's with Tomlinson's... Is it Pet and Feed, or...?
1: Tomlinson's Feed.
0: Just Tomlinson's Feed. That's right. Here in Austin, Texas... How many locations do you guys have?
1: We have 16 brick-and-mortar locations.
0: Yeah, just around Austin or?
1: Uh, In the central Texas area, so farthest north is uh, Leander, farthest south is New Braunfels.
0: Okay, so why don't you give our listeners a quick rundown of what you do there and how long you've been with them and just kind of, you know, the 30-second spiel.
1: Sure. Tomlinson's has been around for 75 years, and I have been with them since the day I was born it's my family's business and I'm fourth generation owner operator of Tomlinson so it's been uh, a long time for me but one that I've enjoyed immensely and what I do there today my brother and I both operate the business together with our parents and my brother and my our roles are to keep the business fresh and relevant and moving into the 21st century. So we came back into the business each about eight years ago. And since then, we've both been involved in revamping all of our technology internally and externally. My big project in the past couple of years has been our e-commerce, which is what brings me here today. So innovation, technology, marketing, team development, all that stuff falls under my umbrella.
0: I'm actually maybe not going to talk first about e-commerce because I'm just interested to, to learn about the family dynamics. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine fourth generation, you've got to have you know, tens or not twenties or hundreds of cousins, right? And how does it kind of end up in, in your line?
1: Sure. Yeah. Good question. So my grandfather bought the business from Mr. Tomlinson back in 1971. The business was started in 1946 and my grandfather and my great grandmother operated it together and then my father and my uncle grew up in the business together. And then uh, when they were adults, my dad just kind of always knew that he wanted to come back and help my granddad with the business. And my uncle chose another path just as, as prosperous and, and successful. And We're very close with them today. But that's just how it kind of wound up down our line.
0: Yeah. So a smaller family, it wasn't, you know, like my like my parents have four siblings, I guess. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot more. Yeah, time. it was
1: just my dad and my uncle. My husband has 16 first cousins, so yeah. it would be much hairier <laughs> if it were on the other side.
0: Are there a lot of family dynamics in that, or is it something that you're kind of able to work through?
1: Yeah, I certainly don't recommend it to everyone, but we have always grown up kind of working in the business with the exception of a couple of years, my brother and I working in California, which we got over pretty quickly. I give a lot of the credit to my dad. You know, my dad is very even Steven. He's very patient. He's very level-headed. A lot of individuals who have run their own business for 30 plus years might consider themselves kind of king of their castle. They've been around the block. They know what's, you know, their decision is is the only decision. And my dad is not that kind of personality. He's uh, very open-minded. He's very eager to hear our ideas and let my brother and I kind of duke it out when we disagree and help us kind of set the direction of the business. So I'm grateful that he kind of sets the tone.
0: Yeah. One of my goals with Beardbrand is to build like a multi-generational business. I, I feel like in all these shows, you hear about people who build it for, two years or and sell it and they're off right. to the next thing. But there's just something about having a business set last generations mm-hmm and can really make an impact on the community. Exactly. So when did you get started again? How many years ago? Was it eight years ago? Yes.
1: So I mean, I grew up working in the business and you know, it was pretty much as soon as I was kind of worth my salt on the sales floor. I was out on the sales floor, you know, slinging that dog kibble. And then I went to UT Austin, moved out to California where I worked in tech startups for about two years. And again, like I said, got over that pretty quickly. And my brother and I both within about a year of each other, we were telling my parents, look, the industry is exploding. You guys are Kind of on the precipice of what could be really huge growth, you have a big opportunity here. And my parents said, "Well, that sounds really nice. Why don't you come do it yourself?" <laughs> <laughs> so my brother and I both moved back, like I said, around the same time, and um, it's been uh, it's been a family affair ever since.
0: Have you opened up new locations, or what kind of growth have you seen over that? that yeah. time? Yeah,
1: so I came back in 2012, and I'm not going to get these numbers right, but in 2012, I want to say we had maybe eight or nine locations. And since then we've put in up to sixteen. Yeah. It's usually been one to two per year up until the past couple of years. And then we were we got kind of focused on e commerce to make sure we kind of had, you know, were buttoned up there before we grew more stores.
0: Yeah. So what I'm most excited about talking about today is, you know, we met over a year ago. I don't I mm-hmm. don't know how long ago goes, and their headquarters is right down the street from Beard Brand. So mm-hmm. I surprised you you actually drove here. Yeah. <laughs> you might like walk here. Yeah. But You were talking about moving to e-commerce before the whole lockdowns, Mm -hmm. and did that kind of set you up for success during this time frame, or was it a struggle having all those bricks and mortar?
1: I think it was a struggle for everyone, regardless of whatever business you're in, but absolutely it set us up for success. None of us saw this coming. We got our e-commerce off the ground. Uh, It officially launched late December of 2018 is when we kind of soft launched. And so we spent 2019 kind of operationally getting things ironed out and tweaked. And then here came 2020. And, you know, I think it was, I was looking at our numbers yesterday, March 12th or 13th overnight, our e-commerce business quadrupled. And so, yeah, it it was a challenge, um, but one that we were able to meet for sure.
0: Yeah. And did your clientele stay the same? Was it all local or were you able to grow beyond Austin Market with your online business?
1: Yeah. So we're unique in the e-commerce world in that we really are focused almost exclusively on our geographic market. Obviously in the pet business, you have massive players like Chewy and Amazon and they offer deep discounts, free shipping. You can go on these sites and buy a $12 bag of you know 40 pounds of cat litter and get it shipped for free. That's just That's not the business we're in. We're pretty much entirely focused on our our geography. So we do have some exclusive brands that we've picked up business around the country, but we do charge for shipping. Uh, We just, we pass that full freight to the customer, except for locally. We fulfill all of our local delivery operations here in-house.
0: Yeah. So I I want to hear about your tech stack Sure. and and how it integrates with your bricks and mortar, how that looks. What are you using as your e-commerce
1: platform? Shopify Plus.
0: Okay. So Shopify Plus. And then Have you rolled that out to your bricks and mortar as well, or do you have a different?
1: We have a different point of sale provider. So we use a point of sale provider called Teamwork Commerce, and they integrate with Shopify Plus. They're also our inventory management, order management system. All of that is in Teamwork. That's kind of our single source of truth, if you will. And then that integrates with Shopify and integrates with Klaviyo and and a a number of other things.
0: I assume you started with Teamwork years ago, and it was just
1: Well, that was one thing that I came in. We operated on a point of sale inventory management system that we'd been on for 20 plus years. And I want to say in 2017, I kind of, I finally had this breakdown. I mean, I remember sitting at the kitchen table with my family in tears saying, we can't do this anymore. This is not the future for us. We have to move to something else. And that was a difficult decision for us. My dad said, okay, well, if you feel that strongly about it, then go figure out how to do it, but do not underestimate the magnitude of screwing this up. So no pressure. But then I set out on a a couple year journey of kind of interviewing different providers and uh, landed on teamwork. And it's, you know, the rest is history.
0: Yeah. I mean, has that been a good decision for you guys? I I know like every ERP is you know, you want to blow your brains out. Right.
1: But. Yeah. You know, we were between, it finally came down to either teamwork or Oracle, um, which is, you know, its own kind of behemoth. And we're, in retrospect, we're glad we chose teamwork. No solution is perfect, um, but we've been happy on them.
0: Yeah. You feel like it's allowed you to continue to scale and, of course, integrate.
1: That's right. Yeah. E-commerce. That's right.
0: So you guys, are you doing like e-commerce that gives the option for picking up local? Mm -hmm. And is that just like a simple function of the store as a a delivery option?
1: That's right. So on our e-commerce, if you're here locally, you're presented the option for curbside pickup for free, free same day delivery if the order is placed before 5 p.m. or next day delivery. And then once you place your order online, that flows directly into our point of sale system. So the store staff sees that come through. They go out onto the sales floor, just you know, out into the store. They pull your order, they scan it into our POS, they mark it as pickup ready, and then we also integrate with a uh, delivery logistics solution called OnFleet and that order pings in OnFleet and one of our delivery drivers comes by, picks up that order and brings it straight to you.
0: I assume not every store has the same inventory, right? So from a consumer's perspective, how is the shopping process? Are they selecting their store first?
1: That's exactly right. So if you, again, if you are local, you enter your delivery address and the site will show inventory from all stores within your radius, which are essentially all of our stores. But then if you want to do curbside pickup, you also have the option of picking your store and then seeing their kind of on the thumbnail, what's available at your store and what's not.
0: And Shopify does a pretty good job of like showing the products or not showing the, does it hide it or does say like zero inventory or get it in different stores?
1: It will show the product, but it will show, it has kind of two little icons available for local delivery and available or unavailable for curbside pickup at whatever location you choose. Okay. And that's all custom development. So I've had plenty of people reach out to me and say, Hey, I love this widget. What app are you using to show this on your store? And well, I've paid quite a lot of money to FuelMade to build that for us.
0: Yeah. I was just thinking like, so I go to the website, that's all Shopify front end Mm -hmm. or is it merged together with any other? Well,
1: it's the storefront is entirely Shopify. Of course we integrate with some of teamwork's APIs, real-time availability APIs and things like that. But everything you're seeing as a consumer on the storefront is Shopify.
0: Yeah. What, what kind of lessons learned have you had during this tech rollout?
1: Oh, man. Well, again, you can't underestimate the magnitude of screwing it up. Patience. One important piece of advice that was given to me early on in the process was, you know your business. These providers can give kind of best practices, but ultimately, you know your business and you know what's going to be best for your business. So as we were building out all of this, I had a very specific vision of, How I wanted the rollout to go, what I wanted my customers to see and to be able to use. We have a membership program, and it was we were given the option of, hey, you know, you can launch six months early if you just like let us build this membership into the site later. This is one prior to working with FuelMade, and they said it's going to take a lot of time to build this membership piece into the site, so why don't you just launch without it and we'll build it in later? I said it's not an option because our customers expect a level of service, and and this membership program is part of our DNA. It has to be in launch. So if I have to wait six months, I'll wait six months, but we got to get it right out of the gate.
0: Yeah. You mentioned using fuel made and, and using a different vendor. Did you struggle with the first vendor? And-
1: I did. You know, it was interesting. We're a local business here in Austin. And so when I started this process, it was really important to me that we use a local development shop. Just, I kind of wanted to keep it all here in Austin. And in retrospect, that wasn't the right decision. So I should have from the beginning chosen somebody that specialized in Shopify Plus. I mean, you're one of the ones that referred me to FuelMade. They're just so excellent. Every curveball I throw them, they just knock it out of the park. So, you know, but I'm, I'm grateful that I learned that lesson and our first agency got us in a good place and we're in an even better place now.
0: Yeah. The fact you have 16 stores, this is, you know, I don't know anyone else who has like this kind of business. So it's just spectacular to me. But what what kind of like data analytics are you getting into? Are you able to like really understand the customer at like a, a hyper local area to carry certain stocks for certain products? If you are doing that, how are you doing that?
1: Yeah. So from a kind of tech stack data perspective, teamwork integrates with Looker. So we're able to kind of pull all different kinds of dashboards and things like that. But we get a lot of Just with all of the various things that we integrate with, OnFleet being one of them, um, like I said, our delivery logistics provider, it's just really interesting to see all of that on a map around town and kind of see, you know, we can see a very real visualization of, for example, these three zip codes account for, you know, X percent of our online business. We don't have a store in that area. If we would just put a store in that area, we could grow that business, you know, substantially. So that's been really interesting data to see.
0: That is pretty cool. And is that the vision for the company to continue to grow bricks and mortar? Or do you think you guys are going to shift more towards online business?
1: Um, Yes and no. I mean, that's kind of one of the perks of being a family-run business and having, I mean, we have taken zero investment dollars from anyone, which means we kind of get to call our own shots. And the shots that we want to call are, what does our customer want? How can we better serve them? Whether it's physically, where can we put in a location that better serves them? Or what kind of features can we build into our current service offering that better serves them? So that's our growth strategy is not how many stores can we put in or, you know, how big can we grow our e-commerce business? It's where does our customer want us when and how?
0: Yeah. So just that really tight connection with your audience yeah. and kind of day-by-day growth at a sustainable rate. Right. Which no one really talks about anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. No businesses without their headaches. And I would imagine, you know, fast growth and purposeful growth are kind of same. But I I do believe that one kind of results in more sustainability Mm -hmm. over the long haul, maybe more uh, less family drama.
1: Yeah. And like I said, we're lucky in that our family is very low drama. I mean, even growing up in our house, we were just very fortunate. We had a very st- stable household, very stable upbringing. My parents never fought, and so that carries over into the business. Now, my brother and I still argue from time to time. Yeah. We are truly siblings, but I'm grateful to have as healthy of a family dynamic as we do.
0: And is he in the operations side? or He is,
1: okay. yeah. So he's our general manager, and he oversees all of our store operations. Yeah. And he's very well suited for that job.
0: I find that I've got like no operational <laughs> talent to <town laughs> yeah. at all. Like it just blows my mind to do that. How are you guys able to you know, reach new customers and grow? Is it all word of mouth or do you have a sizable budget for that?
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. So I actually sent out a survey at the beginning of this year to our top 30% of customers by annual spend and just asked them, how did you, one of the questions that I asked them was, how did you first hear about Tomlinson's? And all, you know, there are all kinds of options, but the top 70%, so 70% of people chose one of two options, either They passed a store. They were just in an HEB shopping center. They passed by Tomlinson's over the course of however many years and decided to stop in, or they found us online via organic or paid search. All the time, sweat, money that we spend on Facebook ads, on print ads, on all of this paid media accounted for less than 2%. So that just kind of blew me away because, I mean, the paid media that we do. takes up a lot of real estate in my mind. And that kind of helped me reset my perception of where do we need to spend our focus and our effort. And it's in making sure our site is optimized and making sure our store experience is optimized. And when people come in that first time, they have such an incredible experience that they want to come back and they want to tell their friends.
0: Full disclosure, I'm a customer as well. Oh, great. Yeah, we got a puppy this September. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, after two years of not having a dog. And with my old dog, for me, just to give you a little more... Data insights in a customer. It's like I don't want to go to PetSmart, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I want to go to the local place that has the high quality food mm-hmm. for the dog for your pet. Because the reality is like you're in total control over the health of your your animal, depending mm-hmm. on the the food you give them. So that's right. I just assume that like PetSmart is driven by. Whatever's cheap.
1: Yeah, you know the whole industry. I will say has kind of come online to, and it's the same in the human industry as well. The whole industry has come online to the value and the business opportunity and premium products, which makes kind of competition for those products among retailer exclusivity things like that more competitive. But yes, by and large, your your Petco and your PetSmart is going to try to market to everyone, have something that from a price point is really for everyone. We have price points that can match that Petco PetSmart price point if someone comes in and needs that. But we also have very super premium foods that are are for those that really are into what they feed their pets and what can the healthiest possible thing be.
0: Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about that strategy. I I assume food is probably like the whole 80-20 rule.
1: That's exactly right.
0: And, you know, how are you able to, you know, kind of box out these big box stores and Mm -hmm. and develop these relationships and... At what point do you guys, I mean, with 16 stores. What point do you guys become the big guys?
1: Oh, well, yeah, depending on who you ask, we're already the big bad wolf. But again, we've been around for 75 years, so we've seen a thing or two in the pet industry. And you'll see a lot of similarities with the um, CPG industry as well. You'll get young upstart brands that latch on to something that's a really interesting niche that's developing in the marketplace. And they will go into, you know, let's call it a Whole Foods or they'll go into a retailer that fits that niche. And then usually what happens is they take on investment dollars and they need to grow their channels. And so they jump over to grocery and to mass. It's very similar in the pet industry. You'll find young brands that come up with something really new, really cool, cutting edge in terms of pet nutrition. And independent pet stores are kind of a gateway into the pet industry. The people that shop in our stores are so so passionate about their pets and their pets' health, um, and they want to know what's new, what's fresh, what's the best thing I can possibly get. And so those brands will come into us, and they'll kind of they'll ride that wave, and they'll be with us for five to ten years before they take on that investment, and then they jump over to Petco, PetSmart, Target, HEB, grocery and mass. And that's that's not personal, that's business. Yeah. We get it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do they typically reformulate to to kind of- Yes. Yeah, so that's Especially
1: once they get bought out by a Mars or a Nestle, which many of them do. Not all of them do, but many of them. Um, And usually when they're purchased by one of those big guys, they get reformulated.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. I used to be an Akena customer. Uh, uh Uh-huh. And apparently they've reformulated.
1: Akena, yes, they have reformulated um, in some ways, but Akena is still a great food. You do not need to feel bad about feeding your dog (laughs) Akena.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys still sell it, so- Uh, It's a great food. Yeah, clearly it means your standards. I want to talk about like as you continue to grow and get more clout, is not there any opportunity in developing your own products and serving your customers?
1: Yes, if that's what our customers want. We have piloted some private label products. We have private label treats that are really popular. But food is a whole other ballgame in terms of the capital required, the liability behind recalls and things like that. So that's just simply to use a turn of phrase. It's not an elephant we've decided to eat at this
0: point. (laughs) So you have smaller snacks and things like that. Is that Mm -hmm. under the Tomlinson's name or do you have a separate brand for that?
1: We use our own brand. Um, We use the Tomlinson's brand for that. Okay. Yeah.
0: So are you getting pretty good traction with that or is it just still just a small portion?
1: There's some of our more popular treats and kind of the way we look at it in terms of what we choose to private label and what we don't is, you know, we'll use, use the Amazon example. They, you know, watch what sells in their stores and then whatever seems to be picking up in sales, they'll just make it themselves and, and capture that additional margin. That's not our approach. We don't want to create products that already exist in the marketplace. We want to create products that don't yet exist and figure out a way to offer our customers a better enhanced product that we feel like we can't find out there it um, needs to exist. So that's kind of our approach. Um, and to date, it's been a, it's been a popular strategy.
0: Yeah. One thing I wanted to touch base on was the whole Amazon thing. Like everyone in e-commerce is told you have to be on Amazon. I mm-hmm. assume you guys are not.
1: Absolutely not. I have not shopped at a Whole Foods. I have not bought a thing on Amazon in over three years. I'm no. a weirdo like that.
0: No, you're not. I mean, you're in good company. here. <laughs> so I just had a conversation with my wife. I'm like, can we not buy as much on Amazon? Yeah. Cause I'm kind of railing on them all the time. Yeah. But I assume that's just going to be something that is a distraction. There's no potential to go on. Any other marketplaces or?
1: No, I mean, at this point, we want to own the relationship with our customer. And so that's what's critical to us is owning and valuing that relationship and certainly not giving it away to someone more predatory.
0: When you buy at a store, you give your phone number, right? Mm-hmm. That's for, right. for the member club number. Right. Are, are you doing any kind of text marketing or do you follow up to get any kind of email address and email marketing?
1: Yes. So when you give your number at our store, we try to be really delicate with that. To date, we have not done any SMS marketing. I'm not necessarily opposed to that. I just, our customers haven't had a propensity for that yet. We will follow up with you via text to enter your email, and we will obviously it to you as you choose, as you set your preferences via email, but we haven't done that with the phone numbers. What phone numbers are used for, in our instance, is truly your account number. That's how we look up your account. And then if we ever have any type of customer service issues, so if you ever were to fill out a feedback survey or have any kind of issue, we want to be able to speak to you and, and resolve that um, and get your feedback and, and you know, further cement that relationship.
0: What percentage of your customers do you see volunteering the email address?
1: Good question. Probably say 65%. Pretty
0: good. Yeah. So, you said you are using Clavio. That's right. For that, how's that going for you? Is that a big driver for automation in terms of like replenishment or or how are you guys using it?
1: Yeah. So, we switched over to Clavio from MailChimp spring of last year, kind of when everything with COVID was kicking off because Teamwork launched a Clavio integration that kind of further made it more compelling. And it's been going great. We love it. We're really enjoying Clavio. Again, we're working with FuelMate on building out some better automation. So, we've been thrilled so far.
0: Yeah. You're not working with Jenny there, are you? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jenny's a former beard brander. So oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh cool. You yeah, know, she's great. They're all great.
0: When she moved out of Austin to Indiana or Illinois or wherever she moved, Kentucky, yeah, we lost her. So
1: yeah, she's a good one.
0: Yeah, she's great. So of course we had Carson uh, with FuelMade on the show mm-hmm. as well earlier. If you want to go back and kind of listen to Carson's take on Shopify and the platforms out there and yeah. what they're doing, yeah, I think you know, or you guys working with FuelMade is a perfect example of really the type of value they can bring. Mm -hmm. I think if you're kind of a basic direct-to-consumer, you know, an out-of-the-box email with a template is Mm -hmm. probably going to serve the majority of your needs. But Mm -hmm. when you need deep integration, you have a lot of complexities, you really need the ins and outs. Did you look at any other platforms other than Shopify or was that kind of a no-brainer for you?
1: We looked at kind of all the basics. We looked at Shopify, we looked at Big Commerce. I had previously actually built, back in 2012, built an e-commerce store on Magento and knew I didn't want to do that again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had the same experience.
1: Yeah. So at the time, teamwork had a strong relationship and a strong integration with Shopify. um, And so they really pushed us that direction. And we're happy we we went there.
0: Yeah. tell me more about Teamwork. Do they focus on like pet stores or what kind no, of? No,
1: they actually, their bread and butter, as I understand it, is footwear and apparel. I mean, they have clients all over the world, obviously here in the US, but they have a lot of clients in Europe as well. So like I said, their bread and butter is shoes and apparel, but we've worked with them to help kind of better customize the system for some of the things that we need. And we've, again, no solution is perfect, but we've been happy.
0: Yeah. You know, we're still using Excel spreadsheets. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We don't have an yeah. ERP or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, have, I've batted around the idea of integrating some more complex layers with an ERP, but I just don't want to, I don't want to cross that bridge before I have to.
0: Yeah. Well, where can people learn more about you or reach out or learn about Tomlinson's? Or-
1: uh, Tomlinson's.com. I'm kind of a Luddite. I don't have a Facebook or public Instagram or anything like that personally.
0: Good for you. Um,
1: but personally, you could find me on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah. LinkedIn. No Twitter then.
1: No Twitter. No. I stay pretty far away from Twitter. Are you still active
0: <laughs> in uh, ECF or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: I need to be more active. I got the email the other day where it said.
0: Oh, the warning. <laughs> yeah.
1: We, we need more input from you, but I swear I lurk all the time. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> ECF is an e-commerce fuel. Yes. They have a forum, private forums for six figure, really uh, six figure and up, but it's kind of leaning toward like seven figure businesses and up. And, yeah. And so, they,
1: they've been a huge resource for me. I've been so grateful for that forum.
0: Yeah. And Andrew, who we've had on the show as well is uh, runs that. So if you're listening, you need an online community. I'm a big fan of the Twitter, direct consumer. E-commerce is a great one. And then of course, on the private side of things, ECF is a great one. And yeah. then of course, from a blog content perspective, Practical E-commerce, yeah. where uh, this show is hosted. Well, thanks for swinging by the office. This is, man, you, you got it all going on. It's very impressive. Oh, thank to you. See. And really enjoyed this chat and what you guys are building and just kind of and enjoy being a customer too. So
1: Well, thank you. We appreciate it.
0: All right, guys, this has been another e-commerce conversations. Hope you guys were able to pick up a nugget or two. I certainly have. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Keep on growing.